0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my podcast. This is another um, podcast where I bring to you uh, a guest who's gonna share with you their, their, their journey and how they find happiness through fitness and how it's in some way, shape or form um, has changed their life. Um, so let me introduce to you um, one of my best friends in the world, Sarah R., Sarah R is a mom of two beautiful children, uh, married to a rock star husband who's also taken over the triathlon world. Um, So they are a power couple, I like to call them. She's currently working as as a coach, head trainer um, at CORE, and it was through CORE that I first met Sarah, I'd say almost five years ago, and um, if you know her, you'll understand why I have so much love and admiration for and um, I'm really looking forward to showcasing her journey um, through finding fitness and how it changed her life. So guys without further ado let me introduce you to Sarah R. Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of my podcast. I'm very fortunate today to be joined by my best friend Sarah R. Welcome Sarah. Hi, thank you for having me, Joe. That was very formal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> very.
0: <laughs> oh no, I don't... have
1: to be very formal on your podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. I've already given you a very um beautiful and heartwarming and generous introduction, um, albeit Definitely wasn't generous enough, actually, because um, you're a wonderful human, and I'm really happy today you have decided to come on and tell us, you know, your story. So the title of this podcast is "How I Find Myself in Fitness," and I guess just as an overview to kind of introduce the podcast, Sarah R is going to take us on a journey, a journey of her her wonderful rainbow-colored, glitter-filled life, We're starting from a very um, young teenage ear age and she's going to take us through sort of key areas in her life that has kind of shaped her into the 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 human the wonderful human that she is today and ultimately you know hopefully along the way that you guys that are that are taking the time to listen thank you in advance um are able to take some things home from that um learn something you know you know just absorb these words of wisdom that are going to come out and Maybe perhaps realize that whatever's happening at the current present moment in time isn't gonna last forever. So without further ado, Sarah. <sighs> Great to be on your podcast, Joe. Um
1: so <laughs> so yeah, where should I start? Maybe early like teenage years. Like it all happened whenever I discovered fitness. Through just like doing workouts through like follow along um, videos, like fitness videos. And then I was like, huh, okay. Like, with all these, like, going through like being a teen and going through all like this body image issues. Um, and then I just went into um, like, I wanted to uh, adjust my nutrition and my diet. So yeah, I changed it a lot and uh, apparently like like, the way that I was eating wasn't something that I would do right like (laughs) nowadays, uh, which led me and of course I lost a lot of weight. I wasn't eating well and um, it reached a point where I almost lost around 10 kgs um and at some point like my like my weight stopped and or my weight loss stopped and that's where okay my weight gain started to happen of course i still had that belly you know or it's like yeah my my i didn't have the abs yet and i think i thought i needed to lose weight more anyway so yeah and that's when i think i got into like an eating disorder and I started to purge my food because my I I started to gain weight again, and I think like that continued like for six months until like m- my body couldn't take it. And I remember at that time I read an article about um, eating disorders, and one of them was like bulimia. And that's when I thought, okay, it was like an eye opener of, okay, no, I can't do this to myself anymore. And yeah, so after that, you know, until I got married, um,
0: just to I, bring it, Sarah, just just to bring it back. So this happened at what? Um, so what age did 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 your did your sort of your weight loss journey, finding fitness, initially start? That lasted for six around about six months Um, Uh so
1: i was around like 16 and then like the purging or the bulimia started when i was
0: like 18 okay okay so before then from 16 to 18 do you feel like you had you 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 had issues around food but it wasn't enough was there like 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 a turning point there you said you started gaining weight and then yeah what? like I
1: yeah I wasn't eating well at the start but I thought yeah I was but then at some point whenever I my body couldn't handle and I think well I couldn't handle like being away from junk food for a long time or like for almost like these on and off like two years and then I started to give in into ice cream and all that and like the guilt kicked in around like after, yeah, two years and
0: yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, for the, the take home there is, I think you definitely, it's, it's a relatable thing where, you know, people, you know, deprive and, and, and remove all the things that they actually really enjoy from their, their life. And it's really just unrealistic, um, you know and like i said i think you know you're not alone there and that you know this it tends to be a very common theme especially at that that young age like especially you know if you've listened to the podcast before and Sarah, you know that like it kind of happened the same age as me at the age of 16 where you're kind of just you're kind of just becoming a becoming a girl you know and all these things are tension and there's you know like there's relationships happening and all these things and you know and and you want to look great and you know um you know food is is the way that you control it alongside exercise but there does become a time where you know there is a line and once you cross the line then that's whenever you know things happen um yeah so yeah so that was up until 18 and uh and then what
1: okay and then yeah after that um like well i got um caught up with uh, all my my studies and projects so working out was like on the back burner. So, and at that point, like the only, um, way to just like keep my weight down was just like not, or just like eating, but just like, or we can say now almost like intermittent fasting, but intermittent fasting and eating little, I don't know how I survived that.
0: (laughs) The body is a wonderful machine where it can adapt to a lot of different things. It can survive on very little, but just not for a very long period of time. And often at the detriment of a lot of other things that happen, not only sort of on a social side, but, you know, emotional, mental and physiological side as well, which is not great.
1: Yeah. And the, like the, the turning point was whenever I got married on my wedding day, like my dress was so big I lost a lot of weight and that was like an eye opener of oh wow okay I think like I overdid the not eating and I wasn't like I didn't feel great like around that time it was very of course like stressful but yeah Um, and then after that I tried to fix like my eating habits a bit yeah. So, and then having a partner helped a bit that, okay, I, I had a schedule of when we would have breakfast, lunch, and dinner. So that helped a bit. So yeah. And then after that, of course, like after years, um, I got pregnant with my first daughter uh, in 2010. And that's when uh, my um, doctor told me that, you know what, you need to eat more. You know, your daughter isn't growing well, and uh, you just need to start, like, grazing. And yeah. that's when, like, it hit me that I wasn't eating, and I I needed to fix it. Even though, like, in your head, you think that you're doing everything correctly, and you're being healthy. And, um, yeah, so, like, that was an eye-opener. and. Yeah. I had my daughter, alhamdulillah, healthy, but, uh, and then we moved back to Saudi Arabia. So I used to live in Toronto at that point whenever I got married until I had my daughter, Siba, Moved back to Saudi Arabia in 2012 and then had my second son, Salman. And then after I had Salman, like after four months postpartum, I went like into well, I wasn't like postpartum depression, and I really needed to join a gym and needed to become active again.
0: Yeah, and
1: that's where I found early core, and that was like yeah, early like 2014.
0: That was yeah
1: yeah and that was also an amazing turning point in my life and that's whenever i started crossfit yeah and it was also like at that point i was thinking to myself what am i doing what am i doing with this heavy like 35 pound bar but after a while it was amazing like the transformation that my body went through also like mentally and then having that um that you can say energy and physical change like having an energy to like be able to like to handle two kids like a toddler and an infant and um and then I remember we did the um the paleo challenge <laughs> and
0: <laughs> like the whole food stroke paleo where I think it was it was either 21 or 30 days I can't really remember what it was but I think it was 21 days, days. because I followed
1: only like I was able to do only I think maybe 10 days
0: I think most people you were like most people there they were just you know they were, yeah I'm on it because everyone else is on it but secretly I'm not following it at all yeah exactly that was, that was- Good that was that was that was good fun it was definitely a nice uh, like community element in that
1: yeah and then I remember whenever we had the potluck at the yeah. end of the 20 days it was Nellie's house
0: let's give Nellie a shout out there she hosted like I think around about maybe 15 to 20 yeah we went to her house and everyone had to bring if we don't know what a potluck is you had to bring you sort of your own paleo meal so we had like a full spread um yeah I made uh paleo ice cream that's <laughs> like anything really it kind of tasted like um well it just didn't taste good but because it was ice cream everyone just ate it because that's what you do whenever you're on a diet you know things that don't taste good you just eat it and okay, it ends t- up
1: <laughs> it was and I remember it was like I avocado
0: ice, avocado ice cream and it's not bad I think it's just what you make it with but like for paleo and whatnot I think like like for myself, I, I stayed paleo for at least a good three, four years. And then it just, it, it just changed. It is, it isn't, and yeah.
1: Yeah. And, and yeah, for me, it, it only lasted for the 20 days, but it was also an eye opener of how I was able to change my eating habits to like knowing what worked for me and what didn't work for me like cutting dairy, especially milk, um, like, I, like whenever I cut that, like I've noticed like a major improvement in like, my skin and like you can see the overall um, change like within yeah. your body. And that's what I loved about, okay, you know, just experimenting and just like trying, like going through that trial and error yeah. and to find out what works for you and maybe something that might work for someone else, but
0: might not work for you. I think if anything, this is gonna be the major take home. And I think it's something that we keep on saying over and over and over again. I think things like nutrition, fitness is extremely individual. You're working with humans that are made up of all very, very different cells and they react very differently to things and, you know, to come and categorically say, this is the diet for you does not work or of the, the
1: secret for a flat belly <laughs> here's
0: the secret if anyone ever contacts you for like a quick fix or sorry whenever you said about you got married and you kind of you know you lost weight like how often do you see things like the bridal package lose all the weight before your wedding day and you're well, like
1: yeah, the six week package these things
0: like they they upset me they annoy me and i I was always quite conscious of that whenever we did anything in core like with the with the marketing the wording like these things just like i understand marketing i understand it but i would rather i'd rather sell something openly and honestly you don't need to attack word that's unachievable you know what i mean like
1: Yeah. yeah and that's what i loved about core that like during that that time it's like okay it's like everything was open there wasn't something that you had to do in order like the magic trick or whatever it's like everything was open and it was more of just like try different things and then just do whatever that works for you
0: but I think there was a time um like obviously you know I was good I was in Saudi before you were back I was back in two thousand and I, I remember like coming over and, you know, there was that stigma. There was that, oh my goodness, I, I can never lift that weight. I, I can't eat more than X, Y, and Z. I want to walk around and feel floaty all day because I'm not eating enough um, and then expect to come in and exercise my brains out and want to improve. And it's like, well, that, does, I mean, like that just doesn't work. It's, a, it's physically impossible. And I think there was a shift. There was a turning point. Uh, and I can remember it quite clearly is whenever we affiliated, you know, CrossFit, whenever you were one of the first ones to join where, you know, when we started introducing these weights and people they only we were like, oh, but once you got that feeling, you're like, whoa. Yes. Just lift that. I can lift that again. I can lift it more. I want to do better. And then whenever you, whenever you're like, well, you want to lift better. This is what you got to do. Okay. I'll do that. You know? Yes. And then on being, and they were actually just opting for healthier things, eating a little bit more, moving better. Whenever you have more energy, you can shift more weight. You can go harder on the aerodyne. You can run faster. You're fitter, stronger, faster just by fueling your body well. And I think that's been one real yep. beautiful thing. Anything CrossFit has, has, has taught us all, you know? Yeah.
1: And that's what, like, that's what... And I think, like, during that time that my like, core was the only well, the first, as a first affiliate CrossFit box in, the, um, in Saudi, you were offering something that was different yeah. than everything that was offered during that time. And I have to say, like, thanks to you, Jill, and thanks to Core, like, you have changed the atmosphere and the concept of, like, fitness in Saudi. Like, you were the drop in that big sea that just changed everything. Like, you created that wave yeah. of awareness and fitness.
0: That's what it is. It is, it is awareness. And I think it's, it shouldn't be a gas off the pedal. That should be something that should be always there. There always, should be, yeah. there always should be education. And I think if anything, like, you know yourself, you'll move on to this. You're a coach. But... <laughs> you to quote me at any time it's just like educate the people that you work with educate your yeah. client once you educate someone to get from a to b they can drive to c d e if you yeah. never tell them what they're doing why they're doing it they're going to get to b and be like oh okay i'm going to go to z and they're like they, they don't they don't know how to get to the next point so yeah. is massive you know you back when you were saying when you were a teenager you know this wasn't there. You just you just thought, oh, okay, oh, I didn't eat that. I lost weight. Oh, I'll keep doing that. And then you just think, you know, where's the bottom? Where's you know where does it lie? You end up eating nothing, and you know there's no comeback from that. Yeah. That's why you know having coaches, educated, professional, caring coaches. Exactly. Yeah. You know, and that's why I say, I mean, we invest so much money in quick fixes, in special diet plans that really don't cater for but, your need because you can't it's like putting you on a nutrition plan but they don't know your but, service
1: yeah and then having something that's temporary
0: yeah like, it has to be long term it can't be yeah. a quick fix for a month and then you know go back to normal living because that's then you're just on that hamster wheel of never getting off you know and yeah. that, not a nice position to be on it's quite it's quite liberating when you get off the hamster wheel and you realize that you can achieve this sustain it for a long period of time and be happy yeah
1: yes and that was one of the most important things that i've learned um since like joining um crossfit you can say and also like the core and um and and i loved like everything, like from education to like help, like loved helping people around me yeah. because we were educated as clients by you or like other trainers. So, and that's what made me like whenever you first started core Academy. Yeah. And I remember you asked me if uh, I was interested in becoming a, a, a fitness instructor And at that point, um, like I have a background in um, interior design. Um, I was like, okay, you know what? Interior design isn't working for me. Like it wasn't working for me during that time with having kids and and whatnot. And I thought, you know what? I love fitness. I love helping people out. I love educating people. I love to learn. And that's when... Yeah. you know one of the amazing things that happened to me was uh, becoming an instructor
0: and what you said there is is quite impressive and there could be you know other people listening to this that are going through the same dilemma like you you obviously invested a lot of your your early years studying to become an interior designer and probably invested quite yeah. a lot into that degree and then to come out of it In essence, you know, you've planted that seed from such a young age and it's grown and grown and grown. It's like interior design, interior design. And like I was just talking about it today, like the seeds you plant tend to grow and and the longer you leave them, the harder they are to uproot, you know. Um, But you manage to do that and there's no looking back. And I think, you know, if there was a take home there, it's like it's never too late to try something new or to never, not to diverse, but to go and really follow what you want regardless of whatever, you know, you have planted before, it might be very difficult. Yeah.
1: Um, well, yeah. And, and that's what, like, a, well, I like I, it was a bit of a difficult time for me. Like, I got a bit of backlash from my parents yeah. and my in-laws. But, you know, oh, you, like me, becoming a fitness instructor where it wasn't looked at highly. Uh, during that time like in
0: 2016 it's still I still would say there's still a little bit of like stigma not stigma but you know there's like it's it's not it's not deemed as like a you know like a profession that you know maybe like your grandmother or your great-grandmother would be proud to say oh my 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 (laughs) person yeah Yeah. yeah Or my nurse is an, or my nurse, my niece is an interior designer, you know. But then again, yeah. it's, it's just words. I think in other words, again, hey, my niece is massively happy with the career that she's chosen.
1: Yes, and very successful. Very successful. and happy.
0: Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I love it. So you became. Yeah.
1: And yeah, and 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 what helped me too was having the support of my husband. Yeah. So. Rakan was, like, the one who, like, helped me with, he was, like, if if that's what you want to do, and if that was one thing that I loved, I would love to do, he was, like, just go for it, and he was, like, supported me
0: 100%, so. Big shout out to Rakan, we like Rakan.
1: Yes, thank you, Rakan. <laughs> 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 and then... After that, I remember we started doing our um, trainers' wad, yeah, the yeah, trainers' wad, and then we started training together, Jill, and that was another turning point for me, because later on, yeah, we started experimenting with different programs, different nutrition, like <laughs> <laughs> nutrition programs too we can say <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah
1: went into that like shredding phase which
0: one time Sarah R and I we had a conversation and we said let's train to become bikini models and <laughs> we got, like two weeks into the plan and we're like yeah screw that that can't happen <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> but yeah. I like I remember I still learned from that like also it was a learning process too of, okay, like I've discovered for myself, like I wasn't eating enough carbs and most yeah. of my diet consists of like, just like protein and like high fat little yeah. carbs. And then whenever I like, I shifted my macros and then boom. Yeah. Like you see like the, the major change and shift and being like, okay, shouldn't be afraid of carbs. And yeah. The education that came out of it was amazing.
0: I think that's I think that, that's a big take home there as well like you know like it sometimes it's not until you try things until you know and, until you know and you know that's you know in the past I've experimented with lots of different things and you kind of made your decision and then looking back you know kind of wish that I hadn't have, you know wasted all those years of I don't know say wasted all my years of suffering from you know yeah. Fear of a calorie. Whenever now I'm like, calorie means energy means yeah. means go longer on the bike. You know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that too. In the way that you look at things, um, and it will happen. You know, if you're currently sitting in that situation where you're, you know, you, you know the. the the fear is the fear is the food or whatever that it will it will will, the switch will flick whether you by yourself or you know you reach out and you speak to other people which
1: yeah yeah and that's how it helped a lot just like what worked for me was more like of yeah education and just wanting to learn more about like nutrition and like, what worked for me?
0: Yeah.
1: Let's see. And um, yeah, so that was another turning point. And then I remember during our training, we had that Thursday long day wide or yeah. crazy wide. <laughs> whenever we would like train for like an hour or like 90, I don't know, like we did like all of these like crazy workouts and it was more of just like okay, pulling or pushing that sled for an hour. <laughs> <laughs> I think i you
0: know, that... one of the best ones was the was the barbell carry around the soccer field. And I remember I having. Oh,
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> guys, listen, that was brutal. You literally flick through my Instagram and go back like two, three years. You'll see every Thursday, <laughs> those things that Sarah and I used to do. And I don't I say ridiculous quite loosely because they were actually probably the best time in the week because, you know, we were able to do stuff and, and, and learn and, and grow and just, you know, put ourselves in a little hole and yeah. get through it. And like that's just so mentally rewarding and very. That's it's kind tough. of snowballed on to the next part, sir
1: yes and like going through that okay mental being mentally challenged for that long and then asking yourself how long could you like could you keep going and that's when i remember at one point and i clearly remember it was like around maybe um august 2018 whenever you told me that oh you wanted to do a half iron man and I was like, ooh, what was that? So I remember I Googled it, and the first thing that I read was a 90-kilometer bike ride. And I remember texting you, I was like, "Do are you insane? Like, I'm mad. It's like, 90-kilometer bike ride? Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. And then seeing that it was like an 1800-meter swim, 90-kilometer 90, 90 bike, and then a half marathon or a 21k run yeah. and I remember you were like okay you already registered for it already found a coach and you asked me if I wanted to join during the training and at that point I was just like why not (laughs) like what could like what worse like or how bad could it be let's just try it and see where You know, and the amazing thing was that you would want to see what your body or the wonders that your body can do whenever you just challenge it. And it was amazing to see like we would like spend like two, three or four hours on the bike and you can still keep going. But I remember then like nutrition wise, it like we had to change it a bit like for me especially like with the carbon take and all that and then learning that your body needed to be fueled like every what every hour or half an hour and that was like a learning point for me too and
0: um, yeah and I think bit, that, another off topic I think the Ironman sort of nutrition as well I mean there is general guidelines out there and whatnot you know, there is individuality in, in that there as well. But you're right. I mean, if you don't take on anything, that you're literally not going to be able to complete that. So if your goal is ever to complete an Ironman and you're, and, you're, and you're not willing to, you know, put something in your mouth to get you from A to B, then it's never going to happen. You know, as, as simple yes. as that sounds, you know, there can be a block there too. You know, most people that go to the gym, they spend, you know, your average workout, your average workout is like, um, you know, 20, 20 minutes and you're in and out of the gym, you know, whereas, you know, our normal workouts, you know, the weekend could have lasted anywhere between, you know, three to four hours. Um, yeah, it yeah. was amazing.
1: Yeah. And then I remember I trained with you the whole, uh, throughout like the three months, but yeah. I didn't register for, <laughs> for the, like for the race. And my major fear was, or my main fear was, like, the swim part, like, because, like, I was so bad at swimming, and I remember, like, two weeks before the race, you told me, okay, Sarah, like, you've, like, you've trained the whole, like, you did the whole training, and what, what worse, or how bad could it be? Yeah. And you were like, like worst case scenario during the swim, like, would you drown or what? Like, what was going to be like the worst case scenario? And for me, I was like, oh, I didn't think about that. But I was like, okay, like, I know I can float. Yeah. And that's it. And I remember that day I registered and I booked the hotel and uh, yeah, and it was amazing. And then I remember, like, two weeks later, we were there in Bahrain in December. And, uh, uh, of course, like, with all the hype and doing something new that you're not used to. And I remember, like, the first thing that came into mind was that, you know what? It's going to be a long race. You don't know what to expect. So you might as well just enjoy it.
0: And. that in, in, a, in, a, in a quote uh, with, ev- with everything, just about your life in general, you really don't know what life is going to hold. So you might as well just enjoy it. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And yeah. I remember, yeah, going into the swim. And of course, like I couldn't, um, like I couldn't like do the, like the front crawl for a long time. So I ended up doing, going into like swimming the whole course, like breaststroke. Yeah. And and in my head, I was like, "Okay, you know what? I'm just gonna keep going." The only thing that would stop me if, like, if I run out of time and I I get pulled out of the water, and luckily I finished like five minutes before, like the um what do you call it, like the cutoff. So and after that, I remember like going on the bike, even though like it was tough, especially like for the first time. But I just enjoyed it. And, like, overall, it was just a tough yet amazing
0: experience. It was. And you've managed to, to you know, do it again. It was going to say this year, but it was, like, what, six months ago? Yes. Same distances. New bike. New bike. experience. Yes, more experience, more
1: focusing on improving, like, my weakness, which was swimming, yeah. and uh, I managed to, whenever I did the race again, like, in 2019, I was able to cut off almost, like, 50 minutes.
0: That's a math. <laughs> I, I, like, honestly, that's, that has to be, like, one of the, yeah, like, you just need to keep yeah. t- you should put that on your CV, like, you know, improve my Ironman time by like 55 minutes, you know, that's yeah. your opening line when you meet anybody, you know, wearing your Ironman top all the time, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Honestly, Sarah, like, I think like, I, I love these podcasts cause I love to hear, you know, like everyone's journey to where they are now. And, you know, like for most people that sit there and especially as as a coach, like people look at you and you just think that, you know, like you're just, you know, everything and you've no issues and you have nothing going on, but nobody really knows what nobody really knows what's going on underneath the surface. And, you know, there's, you know, there's, every, every, everyone goes through three things, whether, whether it's now, whether it's in the past, whether it's going to be in the future. But, um, you know, there are sort of key underlying things, which I think you've kind of touched on throughout this is just finding, you know, what you love doing. Yeah and education being educated not be afraid to try new things yeah and
1: yeah so it's all in like the mindset and just like owning like your mindset to just achieve the unachievable
0: nothing's unachievable you know yeah absolutely i think 100 percent yeah yeah, Yeah.
1: it's amazing yeah how your body can achieve and do things and adjust to and then and with consistency
0: yeah i love it and Um,
1: having a support system having like a, a great like training partner and if you have support at home too like what helped me too was like the support at home even Though at the beginning, whenever I started my training for triathlon and Ironman, there were a lot of bumps because, like, Rakan didn't understand the (laughs) nature of the sport. But as long as I, like, for me, I made sure that, um, like, as soon as, like, I had my house or my home, my kids and my family was number one. And then yep. training came number two, and I tried to fit in that training around my family and, like, my schedule. And, and now, of course, like, Rakan changed, like, his uh, view after um, the first race of Bahrain. And, yeah, and it's amazing, like, the effect and how you can influence the people around you
0: absolutely yeah i think you said something quite nice there where you talk about you know um and i talked about it a couple of days ago as well just like different quadrants in your life and how much time you you dedicate to them and you said obviously family was there so that's a big chunk and you never kind of let that falter um you didn't so you didn't you know take it away you kind of have family kind of your fitness kind of career and you have as well and, you know, it is, it's an art to try and balance the things between those, but, you know, you kind of set your, you know, your non-negotiables in each one of those, and as long as you're doing yeah. it every day, you know, that, that's success in itself. Um, and I think you, you know, you've, you've managed that really well. I mean, you still showed up to all your training sessions, albeit she was late a lot of the time. Um. <laughs> Kids and yeah, I Anyways, mean, okay. Confirming in my head, Jill, that it's never a time to have a child when you are preparing for a race or have a child. So get all the races out of your system and have the kids. Then have the kids. (laughs) I too,
1: yeah.
0: (laughs) um, Yeah, so I I definitely have priorities. Yeah. Sarah, I have so much admiration and respect for everything, all your journey and um, everything that you've talked about today. You know, there's some things that are not nice to talk about. Um, but I do appreciate and everyone else would appreciate you coming on and, and telling us your story. And um, if there's anything else that you would like to kind of sum up your journey with kind of like a a closing line of like a penny or a bomb drop and then leave, what would it be? Or mic drop, then leave.
1: Well, uh, I think, yeah, just do what you love and If you're passionate about something, just do it. Try to find that priority and then never um, underestimate yourself. Like you can achieve, well, as you said, like that, well, I would say like you can achieve the unachievable, but as you said, like, there's nothing that's unachievable. So, yeah, and it's all in your head. It's all about like mindset and
0: education absolutely sarah thank you so much for taking the time to come on guys thank you very much for taking the time and listening to um us chat listening to sarah's (laughs) some giggle if you like it please let us know sarah will be tagged in the in the post so if you're not following her go follow her she's now doing lots of gymnastics now that i'm no longer in saudi so
1: (laughs) Uh, gym maybe okay gymnastics strength slash cycling like indoor (laughs) turbo but yeah there's one thing that i would want to say is like thank you jill like you. you you had a major part in i think like all like the like you had a major impact on my journey whether like inspiration like very inspiring, like your dedication, your like consistency and your, your, your desire to learn and to have a, like a great impact on everyone around you is one thing, that I'm very thankful for.
0: Thank you. Thank you. And on that note, guys, we'll leave because I've just went all red. <laughs> all right. And I'm all teary now. <laughs> okay, guys, thank you very much, and have a lovely day.